Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 29. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei and I'm your host. Today's episode is about the five empathy skills that create connection. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast and find it helpful, please give us a nice rating over at iTunes and help spread the word about all the information presented here. Here now is episode 29, the five empathy skills that create connection. Hello, and welcome back to the Connected Family Podcast. Today's episode is entitled The Five Empathy Skills That Create Connection. So we're going to be talking all about empathy and five specific skills related to empathy that can help you to create connection with your children, with your spouse, with other family members, co-workers, and anyone you encounter in daily life. So what's really interesting about this episode is that it was driven by the fact that I'm reading presently Brene Brown's book entitled Dare to Lead. This is a book she's written for leaders, leaders of organizations, nonprofits, churches, all sorts of different people who participate in any type of leadership role. And if you know anything about Brene Brown, you know that any type of book or message, TED Talk that she does is going to be chock full of information about vulnerability, empathy, connection, and relationship. And so in my mind, it makes total sense that the Connected Family Podcast would be featuring a leadership book that talks in such a direction. Because it's kind of strange. It's like a leadership book for a connected family, for a family-based podcast. Yes, this leadership book really outlines ways to connect through empathy in understandable ways. Um, And it's powerful both for business leadership and if you want to lead your family well and lead people into connection. So the first thing that we need to talk about when we're talking about the five empathy skills that create connection is empathy. What is empathy? Uh, Well, Brene Brown defines empathy like this. She says, empathy is not connecting to an experience It's connecting to the emotions that underpin an experience. So often when I'm talking about empathy to the students that I teach in the counseling world or just um, to my clients or to my family members, when we're talking about having empathy for another person, the question comes up uh, as, well, what if I haven't experienced the exact thing that that person has, has experienced? Can I have empathy for them? And the answer is yes. We do not have to have had the exact same experience. And actually, you know, often with counselors, particularly new counselors will start out by saying, trying to express empathy by saying such things as, oh, I understand. I totally get what you're talking about. And I always discourage new counselors from saying it that way because we don't totally get what someone is talking about. And so in my experience, that actually creates a lower level of of empathic attunement because we haven't had the exact same experience as our client or our family member, but we have had similar feelings. And so what Brene Brown is saying is we need to connect to the feelings that underpin 
the experience. So if our family member is feeling sad, guilty, ashamed, hurt, we have also had those feelings in our life at some point in some experience. So we might have felt sadness when we lost a pet. And the person we're talking to may be feeling sadness at the loss of a job or a family member. And so we haven't may not have had the exact same experience, but we have felt that similar sadness. And so what Brene talks about is connecting to our own sadness in ourselves and then being able to feel that together with the person we are listening to. And so she also argues that not only do we not have to have the exact same experience as the person we're listening to, but the more that but that empathy is an infinite and renewable resource and the more empathy we give the more we have and as long as we continue to give it we will never run out of it and i think that is just an incredibly powerful idea for our culture and our world and its present circumstances sometimes it seems like empathy is in short supply in our culture and i think that's because we have a hard time or maybe even certain you know well, let's just say it, our leaders have a hard time feeling empathy or expressing empathy for other people. If we, I think we have the power to provide empathy for the people in our communities and our influence in our families that can extend that power of of empathy to others. And the more we give, the more the people that we give empathy to are able to share it with others. And it just gets passed on to the people, um, surrounding our family members and to the next generation of our family members. So the more we give, the more we have, and we will never run out of empathy. I was having an experience about empathy this summer when I was teaching intensives with my counseling students, three weeks of online intensives. And at the end of week two, um, we were moving through some of the social unrest related to the George, the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis And we had really, really connected as a group in this week with my students. And at the end, I was just overwhelmed with the power of empathy to make a difference in our culture. That if we can have empathy for our family members and our neighbors, then they can pass that on to their family members and their neighbors. And that we can make a difference in the life of somebody else when we express empathy for them. And this is how you do it. The five skills that create connection through empathy. One, to see the world as others see it or perspective taking. So we all see the world from our own unique perspective, our family of origin, nationality, race, gender, knowledge, and experience all influence our view of any given event. However, empathy begins by seeing the world from another person's perspective. Brene Brown says that we, can, we can't do this perfectly, but we can honor people's perspectives as truth, even when they're different from ours. I think this is so valuable when thinking about parenting teenagers. And I talk about this often with parents that I work with, and that teenagers are really exploring their perspective on the world. They're trying on all different worldviews, beliefs, values, and I like to think of them as hats. Our teenagers are trying on a number of different hats and kind of throwing them out there, holding on to them for a little while, and seeing how they fit with their personal way of being, their sense of the world, and how they function. And sometimes with parents, our our teenagers will throw that 
new hat on, put on that new view of the world, perspective of the world, and kind of start to talk to us about it. And it's tempting as a parent to be like, oh my goodness, that's that's crazy. You can't view the world that way. That's not at all how it is. And really have a hard time seeing the world from their perspective. And I think the challenge for us as parents sometimes is that it can be drastically different than our own view of the world and the view of the world that we hope that our children have with our values, our perspectives, our beliefs um, that we're desiring to pass on to them. And so we might discourage that exploration in our teenagers unknowingly by um, not taking the perspective of our teenager. But if as a parent, you can just you can go with them, join them in that new perspective that they're trying on, help them to explore it, ask exploratory questions of them to help them engage with it and discover more about it. That is how we begin to see the world from someone else's perspective, understanding as much as possible about what they think and believe about different things in our world. And just because they think and believe it doesn't mean we have to agree with them. And also it doesn't mean, particularly for our teenagers, that their beliefs and views won't change. And so as we begin to ask questions and understand more and more, we help them to solidify and clarify their own view of the world as we talk about it with them. So taking to see the world as others see it or perspective taking. Number two, to be non-judgmental. We tend to judge others, according to Brene Brown, in the areas we feel most susceptible to shame. We look for people who are weak in our weak spots and we judge them for it. This can be extra difficult in a family because we're so intimately aware of each other's weaknesses. Alfred Adler once observed that children tend to act out the most in correlation to their parents' most strongly held values. So if I really value success and feel shame when I fail, I may be easily triggered when my child does not appear motivated or seemingly puts in minimal effort. I may have a very difficult time non-judgmentally listening to my child struggle with a teacher or school assignment if it goes against my personal values and triggers. So I often find this with parents of teenagers as well, that their child acts out in direct correlation to their most widely or strongly held value, honesty, respect, or something like that. And so maybe their child's lying a lot and that just really pushes the parents' buttons. I find that it's so upsetting to parents because that's our strong value and we're really, really sensitive. We're on the lookout for when that value is going to be broken. And so we see it all the time because we're so hypersensitive to it being broken because it's so important to us. Being aware of our values and those triggers that push us into shame can help us to listen in a non-judgmental way. Just listening, understanding, seeing from the other's perspective and doing that in a way that is non-judgmental not judging or not pushing others into shame because of our own experiences of shame. That's number two. Empathy skill number three and four are going to be combined. And these two skills are to understand one another, another person's feelings and to communicate understanding of that person's feelings. So how I talk about this with my students, um, as I mentioned, I, I taught 
intensives over the last summer. And basically in those intensive experiences, what we are teaching is the basic skills of counseling, which empathy is one of them. And so we're really strongly focused on being present with our clients or family members in this situation and really and really strongly focused on empathy. And so how I teach them or challenge them to do that is I want them to imagine as they're listening to their clients or their family member's story, what they would feel in that situation. Imagine what they would feel. Come up with a feeling word and then say, you feel angry and just mirror back to them that feeling that you have in the moment when you're listening to that experience. You feel sad. You feel stressed out or whatever it might be. Now, the wonderful thing about this is that it's pretty risky for you as the listener to express empathy in this way, because what if you're wrong? If you're wrong, then the person knows that you don't really get them, right? Well, not quite exactly. The wonderful thing about this is that as you take that risk in a vulnerable step yourself, then you might be wrong. And the person who you are listening to might go, "Mm, no, no, it's not really anger. It's more discontent. And you go, oh, discontent. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I understand. And so even if you're wrong in this expression of empathy in this way, remember, um, understanding the feeling that the person is having and then verbalizing understanding of that feeling. Even if you're wrong, the person you're listening to corrects you. And as long as you accept that correction, then the person still still feels heard. So you really have two points of winning. Your one point of success is if you get the feeling right the first time and you say, oh, you're angry. And they go, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Or if you're wrong and you say, you're you're angry. And they go, oh, no, not anger, it's discontent. And you go, oh, discontent, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And you accept that correction, then they have felt heard. So in both steps, the person you're listening to feels heard by you, understood, and connected to you. It's amazing. As you feel that experience, there's this exchange that goes on between the two of you as you're feeling anger or sadness and they're feeling anger or sadness or whatever their feeling is, you can feel that energy exchange between you. That energy exchange is um, actually called the intersubjective experience. So there's this inter, meaning between two people, intersubjective experience of those emotions that go on between the two of us. Empathy skill number five, pay attention. Brown challenges leaders to pay close attention to their internal signals, heart rate, posture, thoughts, so to give proper attention to the feelings without getting swept up in them. So one of the challenges of empathy, even as a counselor, and maybe even more challenging when it's with our family members or close friends, is to not get swept up in the emotions of the person that we are listening to and have them overwhelm us. If we get swept up in the sadness, the anger, the discontent, the frustration, it actually creates disconnection between us and the person we're listening to. And it starts to feel for the talker a little bit like it's 
shifted roles here. Like all of a sudden, oh, this isn't about me. Oh, it's not about me. It became about the listener all of a sudden. And the person who's expressing their feelings originally often then feels like, oh, I have to care for the person who's listening to me. They're overwhelmed. I said too much. Now it's, I'm not feeling listened to anymore. So as the listener, it's really important that we manage what's happening, be aware of what's happening inside of us, heart rate, posture, thoughts, as I said, and learn to regulate those things. If we're overwhelmed by the feelings and move away from our family member, they feel abandoned and not seen. So paying attention helps us to balance the feelings with the family member and care for ourselves while maintaining connection to that person. So those folks are the five skills that help to build empathy. See the world as others see it, or perspective taking. Be non-judgmental. Understand one another's feelings and communicate understanding of that feeling. And pay attention. Folks, I encourage you and challenge you to work on these things. Maybe even just take one of them and implement that with one of your children or your spouse or a friend today. Give it a shot and see how it changes your relationship and your connection to that person. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this and found it helpful, please give us a real positive rating on iTunes. That helps for other people to be able to find us and help spread the word about the Connected Family Podcast. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about the five empathy skills that build connection, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling or our website at ConnectionsQuincy.com. And as always, if you find the information helpful, please feel free to leave us a review at iTunes. It helps to spread the word and encourages other people to listen along with you. 